want you to get from this is that sometimes what we see is not what it all appears to be. What we see, the problem is we think racial division. We think cops are doing it. But I need you to understand that at the root cause of all of our problems is an enemy. Come on here. And while we're busy fighting one another over color, he's busy wrecking havoc in home. He has the church so distracted from what their cause and purpose is that now we're fighting a whole nother battle, a whole nother war that is not even our war to fight. When the Bible tells us specifically that we are are fighting principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places, we're ready to fight battles with guns when the scripture specifically tells us that the weapons of our war Come on here. Yeah, so you got people that are training and telling people you better get your guns ready. You need to teach your sons how to act when they get pulled over by the police. You need to teach them this. You need to teach that. No, what we need to be teaching is how to be steadfast and unmovable. Yeah. Always That's what we need to teach, how to be persistent in prayer. We got enough people that know how to fight. What about those people who know how to persevere yeah. in prayer? Yeah. Yeah, desperate times calls for desperate measures. When, de- when things get desperate in your house, it shouldn't be that you guys can start uh, seeking outside sources and other things to do, seeking ungodly counsel. That's the time when it's time to pray. That's the time when it's time to fast. Not when things are going well. When things are well, yeah, it's okay to be relaxed. But you still got to understand that the, the way that my mind works is I'm never going to relax because I understand that we are always in warfare. We used to say it like this. You either going in some, in some, or coming out of some. You either in a storm, going in a storm, or you coming out of a storm. And so because that's the way that our mind is set and I understand that even when it looks like it's calm, that the enemy is plotting something. Yeah, yeah and, and, and understand this, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, he tells us that we're not ignorant, though not to be ignorant of the, the, the Satan's devices. So I'm not, I'm not paying attention to what he's doing, but I know that he's always up to something. Yeah, he asked Jesus, he said, look, uh, I won't solve <laughs> I won't, I won't, or Simon, I won't Simon. I won't Simon, and Jesus told him, he said, the enemy have desired to sift you. He's asking for you. He desires you, just like he desired Job. And he told him, he said, listen, now I'm not going to pray for you that you uh, not go through, but what I'm going to do is pray that your faith not fail. Because desperate times cause, look, just because you're going through something don't make you exclusive. Come on here. The Bible calls these trials that you go through coming. Yeah. Okay, let's get back to the text. Let's get to the text. So watch this. You got to understand that this man is going through something in his house. And he don't even understand how bad the thing has gotten in his house. But he has good enough sense to understand that this thing has gotten so out of hand that I have to seek help from somebody else. The Bible says in verse 18, he begins to describe what's going on in his house. Jesus in verse 19 has to address his disciples because they weren't able to do what they should have been able to do. Now you understand if you go back and read the first part of this text that he had taken a couple of the disciples with him. The Bible says in the beginning of chapter uh, 9 that he had taken a couple of his disciples with him. So there were only nine left there to fight the battle. But they lost the battle 
But Jesus took it as an opportunity to teach. Amen. In verse 20, the Bible says they brought him unto him. And when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him and fell down on the ground and wallowed in foam. Verse 21, and he asked his father, how long has this boy been like this? Now understand this. He says this. This is his answer. Since he was a child. Now we don't know how old the boy is now, but we know he must be out of the age that we would consider a child. So it's been years since this boy has been dealing with these same conditions. Come on, yeah. Yeah, see, it's alright when it's happening to somebody else until it becomes an inconvenience for you. See, now the boy's condition has become the father's condition. And the father says, my son has always been dealing with this yoke, but now I am having to have problems. It's causing trouble in my house, so now I gotta try to get him delivered so I can have some peace. Come on here. I wish we all were to that point where we understood that if my brother suffers, Come on. if my oh, sister yeah. suffers, then my house don't rest Come on, until yeah. their house is at rest. See, there's this word that we use called covenant. And when you are in covenant with somebody, whatever state they're in, you're in. Which says this in the western or the eastern days when they used to make covenants. See, we used to contract. Contracts you can just get out of and then have to go fight some legal battles, which you still may not have to pay anything. But when you're in a covenant, the only way to get out is to die out. And what the covenant says is this. We begin to see covenant statements then when Jesus says stuff like this. When you are weak, then is my strength made perfect. What he says was, it doesn't matter what state you come to me in, I'm going to give you everything that I got. It doesn't matter what you bring. See, we this, this is why you can tell we ain't from a covenant culture. Because when you're in a covenant culture, you don't make statements like this. Well, what he brings to the table? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I need somebody who brings well, let that sink in. I need somebody who brings something to the table. He got to have a child. He got to have this. Well, in a covenant, what you're saying is, it doesn't matter what you bring to the table. Because what you ain't got, I do have. Where you lack, I have. What you lack, I got. Not only do I have it, but I'm willing to give it. Somebody say covenant then. So we must look for covenant. So the father didn't understand. It didn't become a problem for the father until his son's condition began to bother him. And and this is just me just gathering my own facts, just from looking at the story, because if my child is going through something, I'm not going to rest and let it go on before I begin to seek some kind of help for my son. I'm not going to let my son's desperate situation turn into my desperate situation because I don't want to see my children suffer. And so the Bible says something like this. If you then know how to give good gifts, you being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father in heaven give good gifts of the Holy Ghost to them that ask him? So this is my mindset. If I think like that as a father, what makes me think that my father looks down on me and sees me in a desperate situation and does not do what he has to do to get me out? So the same way that this father has to come to his son's rescue is the same way that I see my father coming. When there's something going on in my life, when there's some desperate situations, 
I don't, I don't stress, I don't fret, I don't worry. I go to my father and tell my father what I need because the scripture says it's ask and you shall. Amen. Seek and you shall. Knock and you the door shall. Yeah, so when you have that kind, I have an expectation then that no matter what I'm going through, God's going to work something out. With this, that is why when you're going through something, there's something that's called rest. Come on, baby. Listen, let me, I'm going to share this revelation with you. I was driving, uh, must have been Saturday night, and the Lord began to deal with me about rest. And he was showing me how everything has to restore, everything has to restock, has to refuel. Yeah, yeah. And so he began to show me how cars have to stop, they have to pull over. Even the new cars, they'll be in stations where they can plug in and be real refueled. Sometimes they have to turn the light off. They got generators that, 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 that feed them energy and power. He said, but what your body does when you need, when you need some, some, some sleep or you get tired, what do you do? I said, I go down, I go and I lay down and I rest. He says, okay, and when you get back up in the morning, it does not matter how tired you were the night before. You're ready for another day's work because you have rested. He says, so what you have to do, son, is learn to rest in the spirit. Instead of getting your spirit worked up when you get all this stuff, all this contaminating stuff into, into your spirit, you have to get to a place of rest where you understand that no matter what's going on around you, internally, I am at Yes. Does not matter if all hell is breaking loose around me. A thousand have fallen in my right hand and ten thousand in my left hand. It shall not come nigh unto me. Because he made a promise to me that no evil shall befall me. And I know the plans that I have for you, plans that you might prosper and be in good health. So when that is going on, I find myself at So let's get back to this. So 22. He begins to talk, he continues to talk to Jesus about what's going on with his son. Yeah, he said the waters, man, and the, when he throws, it throws him into the waters, it tries to destroy him. He said, but if thou canst do anything, this is the thing that bothered me about his statement, is that he says if. If you can do anything. This implies to me the fact that the father doesn't really know Jesus. Come on now. Come on here. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The mouth speaks. So you find people that, that say they love God, but their mouth, their conversation will betray them. Yeah, I see people on Facebook all the time. You know, that's, that's the thing now. You see people on there who call themselves prophets and pastors, evangelists, apostles, and this and that. And I start to read their posts and I say, your conversation betrays you. Because you say you trust him, but what you're saying proves that you don't really know him. I can listen to you talk for just a few minutes and tell whether or not you've really been walking with God because he don't talk anything. Listen, when you begin to hear something outside of the word of God, God does not talk outside of his word. Help me somebody. If God is going to say anything, it's going to line up precept upon precept. He's not going to say anything that does not line up with this. He's not going to contradict himself. Come on here. But you have a world that is confused because of ideologies and philosophies. According to Colossians chapter 2 verse 8, they're robbing me. And he says, beware lest any man spoil you through his vain philosophy. So they come to us with these ideas and these thoughts that sound good. And some people out of ignorance follow those lies and connect to them. And when you connect to a lie, you invite all that the 
devil has into your house and into your life. A lot of things that people go through is because things they've invited into their house. Man, I can tell some stories right there about some people who called me and I done told them that you got somebody in your house that you let in your house that's doing voodoo. You got somebody in your house that's playing with witches. You got people in your house that's playing with spirits and they bring in those spirits and deposit them in your house. See, you have to have that kind of power when you know that you're going through something. You got to be able to call somebody. I don't need to call somebody who can just tell me, well, just go in there and pray about it and the Lord going to fix it for you. No, I need somebody to tell me, look, my children are seeing demons and I'm seeing demons. What do I need to do? Listen, somebody, I'm hearing from God now. The Holy Spirit is speaking and somebody has been practicing voodoo in your house. Who, who you been having in your house? Ain't nobody been over here. Ain't nobody been to my house. I ain't seen nobody. Ain't had no company. You lying. Somebody came over to think back real hard. Oh, there was one girl that came. She said her grandmama had took her to Shreveport to see a palm reader. I said, that's it. You just told me ain't nobody been to your house. Come on here. I said, search your house and find what she left. She began to walk through the house and she said, I remember she was playing with a hundred dollar bill that was had a nail in it and was wrapped with yarn. She said, and she dropped it in my couch in the cushion. Wow. I talked to the Walty. And just because she left that, it opened the door for those spirits to come in. And she called her pastor because desperate times call for They can say what they want to say. When I tell them like this, when you come, when all, them, all that hell going through, and you going through all them spirits, and you going to them churches that's full on Sunday, but when you going through some hell, you need a Ghostbuster. Yeah! My God! Glory! Say it! When your children start dreaming about demons, and you having nightmares, you might want to wake up and check your house! Yeah! I don't know who that's for, but it's for somebody. You better watch the people you let coming all in yeah. your house. Better, yeah, yeah. And even when your children go to school, you got to pray on when they get back. Because you don't know who they interacting with. You don't know what kind of stuff people are getting. You got to understand something. The enemy has a plan and a plot. He is not playing with you. His, his plan is to destroy your life. Come on here. I wonder where children picking up this stuff from. The enemy heading it to them. They don't know enough to fight for themselves. This man coming to fight for his son because his son don't know enough obviously to fight for himself. So the father says, I got to find, I'm desperate right now. I got to find some type of relief for my son. Whatever I got to do, it doesn't matter what I have to do. I got to do what I got to do to get my child delivered. Come on here. Yeah. Look at somebody and tell them desperate times requires desperate methods. Yeah, the father doesn't really know Jesus because if he knew him, he wouldn't have said if. Come on now. His conversation is betraying him. He doubts the ability of Christ. He doubts his omnipotence. He doubts his omnipotence. He doubts the fact that he's all power, all knowing. And he comes to him and says, if you can do anything, yeah. he don't even know what to ask for. Come on here. My God. Been, I, I need to talk to a real church. Come you ever been in a situation so messed up that you said, God, I don't know what you're going to do, but Come you on. got to do Come something. On Come on here. God, I, I don't mean you got to do something. I, I look, and then the problem, the mess is something that you call. Come on. My God, say that. I knew I wasn't going to get nobody. I knew they wasn't going to walk with me right there. I knew they wasn't going to go with me right there. 
Because we want to act like we got everything together, like come everything on, is on, all Gucci, on. like everything is all fine. But the truth be told, you got some hell, you got some desperate measures in your time, you got some desperate times, and you've been trying to figure out what am I going to do? What is God going to do? How is He going to fix it? And you just said, God, just do something. Yeah. 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 And that's what the Father says, God, look, if you can do anything, man, have compassion on us. Just do something. Come on, man. So it's obvious to us that this little boy's condition has gotten worse. Yeah, he's, it's gotten worse. And so I think that Jesus is asking the question because he could have just healed the man. He could have just healed his son. Come on. But he asked the question, how long has he been like this? And I, I searched and I was like, God, why did you ask him that question? And the spirit said to me, Jesus wanted to know, why now? Why now? After all this time, why now? You could have found me years ago. You could have found me a long time ago. Why now? Come on, man. Because sometimes you find yourself in such a pickle yeah. <laughs> that you don't know what else to do. You've exhausted all of your options. And coming to Jesus was not popular. Come on, hell. This man was so desperate that he was talking to the disciples. Trying to get them to do something. Yeah. And then Jesus showed up. Yeah. I wish I had time to talk about divine appointments. Come on. Because you have to understand if you take that first step, yeah. then God is gonna do, God will rearrange his entire plan to meet you where you are. Oh, come on here, Pastor. Y'all gonna help me with this. I don't know who this is for, but God gave, I was I was meditating on the way down and he just dropped this on me real quick. See, we used to think that God was preparing blessings for us. But that's not true. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says this, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, and it has not entered into the hearts of men what God has prepared for them that love him. Verse 10 says, but he has revealed those things unto us by his spirit. So watch this, the key word there is prepared. Come on. God has prepared things for us. Come on. So watch this. He's not waiting on uh, on things to be prepared. Come on here. God, listen. This is the blessing. And this is where we are. And God says, if it were not for desperate times, you would never get to that. Come on here. I don't have to make the war. Come on here. I don't, it's already ready. All you got to do is it's ready to drink. It's ready for you to partake of it. Yeah. But you still over here Come on. talking about God's preparing something. He's getting you ready to prepare that. Yeah. Or to receive that. Uh-huh. You'll catch it after a while. So while you're thinking, watch this. So this this help all the single women then. Come on. So God already got your husband. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Tell him again. Tell him again. Tell him again. So, so while you're thinking, he's somewhere putting together a man. Huh. He already got him prepared. Come on here. But what you gotta do is keep making your way to Tell him the Lord. Glory to God. Look at somebody tell him it's already prepared. Yeah. 
talk to the wall. <laughs> Jesus was crucified as a lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. So before God ever stepped out and said, let there be, Jesus had already been crucified. Jesus, God sent an angel that showed up at Mary's house and said, listen, God has need of your body. If Mary would have said no, then God would have had to find somebody else to carry his seed. But he shows up and says this, you have found favor. So all of that time, Mary didn't understand why she was keeping herself. She didn't understand why God had her mind where he had her mind. God was prepared to drop a seed in her that nobody else could carry. So God said, I finally found a spot where I can drop what I prepared out of eternity into time. You're catching out the way. So God said, I already got that thing prepared for you. I'm just looking for a place to drop.
tell them I'm leaving possible. I'm possible. Your faith has the ability to make those things that are impossible possible. For the word declares that if you can believe God, the man that believes God, nothing shall be impossible to him. Impossible. Yes. Cause me. Come on. To leave a job. Teach Lord. Making seventy thousand mm, dollars. Come on here. And start a business. Oh, it ain't got no revenue coming. Come on here. <laughs> but the first week that the business is open, we got a grant approved. Come on, y'all hear me? Come on. What it took other people years to do. Come on. Come on now. In the first week of being obedient. Come on, my God. I'm going to talk to you. When Jesus spoke to the fig tree, the Bible says he spoke one day. They were coming up to the fig tree the next morning. And the Bible says that Peter looked at the fig tree and said, look, Jesus. Come on here. The fig tree you spoke to has withered from the root. This was surprising. We wonder why Peter would even draw his attention to it. Come on, man. Because Peter knew what we didn't know. According to science, it takes a fig tree four years to wither from the root. Oh, come on here, man. Come on here. But it took what used it might take four years. Come on here. When God spoke a word, it took one Come on here. My change is coming today. Yeah. My 
somebody in line. Ain't got to line up for no miracle. Ain't next in line for nothing. My time is. Yeah, you start singing. You've been singing all this stuff. Lord, whatever you're doing in the city, hey, whatever he's doing, I know what he's doing. Come on. Come on, say it. Come on. Don't do it without me. You couldn't pay me to sing. same song everybody else was singing instead of sticking to the word oh. I'm blessed in season and out of season come on here let me finish this I'm going to leave y'all alone I told y'all I wasn't going to give out this to y'all come on here give me five minutes Amen. so watch this verse 24 says the father cried with tears. Crying with tears won't move God. Come on here. Lord have mercy. Oh, glory to God. You can come to this altar. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You can soak. Come on now. Jesus. Your dress. <laughs> your suit. Oh, glory to God. You can, you can oh, shout. Lord. Hallelujah. But it won't move God. Come on here. Come on now. Until you open up your mouth yeah. and say something. Come on He cried and he shed tears. Come on. But he said, Lord, yes. I believe. Listen, I started contemplating the next part of what he said. Help thou. My unbelief. Come yeah. on here. You gonna catch this thing tonight. Come on here. All Jesus heard was Lord. I believe. Come on here. Faith cancels out. Come on here. Faith. Yeah. What Jesus said is that I can take what you say and I'm gonna help your unbelief. Oh, by proving to you that I can do it. Yes. If I just said I could do it, you might still doubt. Oh, but let me show you. Lord, I believe. But you got to help. Because this situation is a drastic situation. This situation is difficult. You don't understand how much trouble I've been going through. You don't understand how the bills are backed up. You don't understand how my children been sick. You don't understand how my husband been acting. Lord, I believe, but help my But you've been faking it like that. Come on here. You've been you've been trusting God. You showing up to church, but you've been giving more credit to your storm than you have to God. You ain't you can't get mad at this man and say, how could he say that? Come on. He said it. That's the only difference, and you think it. Come on here. So Jesus said to him, hey, cancel that out. 
Because I heard the first thing you said. Come on here. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Can't miss this point. Come on now. He asked for compassion. Come on now. That allowed Jesus to do what he needed to do. Because you asked for compassion. Come on here. It was compassion. That caused him to feed the multitude. Come on here. When he turned around and saw how tired and weary they are. Come on here. He said to the disciples, what do we have? Come on here. That I can feed them. They said, you might as well send us to the market to get some stuff to come back and feed them. He said, now find me something. What I get from that is, all God needs is a little bit. Come on here. Something. Come on here. I heard Bill Winston say it like this. You always got to see. Come on here. If you ain't got money, you got to see. Yeah. Your faith then becomes. Then we took two fish and five loaves and fed 5,000 with leftovers to spare. Come on here. All right. Amen. Let me take you home. So watch this. <laughs> We need some witnesses. Come on. Okay. That drastic times or desperate times calls for desperate measures. In Mark chapter 5, there was a woman that had an issue of blood for 12 years. The Bible says she was broke. She spent all she had and she was nothing better. She crawled her way in the crowd and got to Jesus. She didn't think she could be healed. Because faith comes by hearing. And all that she had heard was that she could not be healed. So she came to Jesus because somebody told her that he could save her. And so she came seeking to be saved, not to be healed. Come on, hell. I'll show it to you. She said in her mind, if I could touch but the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. That word whole is the word sozo, which means saved. Come on. At the end of the text in verse 34, when Jesus says to her twice, your faith had made you whole. Go in peace and be whole. That second word whole is hugios. Come on. Which means to be restored to health. Come on, hell. She didn't say, I want to be restored to health. She just said, I don't know there's anything that you can do. Just save me and let me die. Oh, glory to God. But what she didn't understand. Is that just by her pressing, her desperation caused her to look past what anybody might say, to look past what anybody might think, and she pressed her way and touched the hem of his garment, and power showed up where she told it to. Come on, hell. The power showed up. Where she told the power to. Oh, glory to God. I often say it like this. If she would have said, if I could touch his elbow, 
Come on here. Power when it came out of his elbow. Come on here. But because watch this, Jesus didn't even. He said, "Virtue just left me." Come on here. It left with it. I didn't release it. It just left me mm. because virtue had a call on it. When the, when she made the Ooh. cry of faith, virtue God. didn't even know who called it. It just showed up. <laughs> because when we say what he said, we sound just like. Say amen. I get messy. 
Come on. So y'all said amen, so I don't want to be missing. Y'all said amen. Come on, hell. But we do some stuff. Come on. Claiming other folk kids. We do some stuff. Come on, hell. Buying other folks. Oh, goodness. We, we do some stuff. Come on. I done heard folks say, you know, they want a new car with somebody that just run into me. Is that time of money I gotta find somebody that got some extra stamp? Your anger will make you live reckless. 
malice will make you live reckless. Come on now. Yeah. And then the situation gets worse. And we know this, the more desperate your situation gets, the more reckless you become. That's it. Right. And the deeper the, and deeper and deeper you dig yourself in holes until it almost seems like there's no way that God can rescue you. Because my situation is such now that I've tried to make it for myself and I've made the thing even worse. The prodigal son spent all he had. Never imagined himself out there eating with the pigs. Never imagined that it would get that bad. But that's what living reckless Come on, man. You will find yourself at folks' house that you never said you eat it. Come on, Pastor. You ain't got to say nothing. Come on, Come on You'll Pastor. find yourself talking to people you said you would never talk to. Come on, Pastor. Man, I wish I could just get a little bit. Come on. You'll find yourself in compromised positions. And your very integrity will be called to question. All because of desperation. The truth of the matter is, and I'm done on this. The truth of the matter is, all of us have experienced, if you haven't, then you will experience some situations that you will be able to say, this is a desperate situation. Come on, this, this is a hopeless, seemingly helpless, and I'm in desperate need of help. But because I know where my help comes from, and I'm never caught off guard, the Bible says, or better yet, one of our better principles is that the kingdom always warns its ambassadors of impending danger. Yeah. One of the responsibilities of the Holy Spirit is to show you things to come. So if you are always in communion with him, you will never walk into a desperate situation unprepared. <laughs> I was sharing this with somebody the other day and I guess I'll share with y'all. Y'all can't tell nobody though. You jump between me and y'all. <laughs> you, ever, you ever had a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend and you knew y'all was finna break up and y'all break up and he broke up with you and you mad even though you finna break up with him? <laughs> you mad because you feel like he got the last leg. Come on, yeah. And you almost want to get back with him just so you can break up with him. So yeah. you can, I know it's pit. I know it's pit. But don't act like you ain't never been Come on here. Yeah. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. So the Holy Spirit showed me how my relationship and Rustin was coming to an end. And if I didn't leave, they were going to try to get rid of me or sabotage my job. Come on, man. And so the Holy Spirit said, I was, because I was contemplating up until the last minute as to whether or not I was going to resign. Mm. And the Holy Spirit said to me, if you don't, they're going to sabotage you and you'll never be able to recover your name. Wow. And so I immediately jumped up. I was at vacation Bible school on a Friday. I typed up my resignation and sent it right there on the spot. Mm. Because I heard what he said. He Come warned on. me. Come on here. Come on here. And so now they mad at me because I broke up with them for it. Yeah. Yeah. Come on here. Everywhere I go, everybody talk about man, man, I'm uh, mad at you. I know. 
Because I quit them first. I'll be mad. Hey, the altar's on. Come on now. The altar's on. Amen. Glory to God. I told y'all I wouldn't try to get all of this to you tonight. But I pray that what I have given you, what the Holy Spirit has given me,